Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Friday. We've made it to Friday, everybody. December, let's see, December 10th, 2021. We're squarely in the middle of December now, guys. We're in that kind of like middle third. Definitely in the middle. It was actually pretty warm out today. So hopefully everyone that's listening out in podcast land, in the audio-only version, hopefully you're having a good run and enjoying the weather. I enjoyed the weather definitely today, and it was a little windy, really not that bad. And uh, temps were very mild, so I was happy to get out there and get some miles in. And everyone watching on YouTube, not live, but later, welcome to you guys as well. Hopefully you're at a relaxing part, starting off your weekend and getting a nice recovery beverage in. Today I've got some afternoon coffee, and I'm going to be sipping on that throughout the rest of the live stream today. Probably won't last me through the entire live stream, but... We'll see how far it goes. All right, let's see who we got here in the chat. We've got Sergeant Ray coming in with a rest day today and the nine miler tomorrow. Awesome. What are you going to be running in tomorrow, Ray? I know you just got in a lot of shoes. So nine mile run, a lot of options there. Got to let me know what you're going to be running in. Leona says, always love the motivation videos. I put this in the comments, but can we have a playlist of all of them together? There is a playlist. Um, and so I have two playlists. There's two play ones called... So if you go in the YouTube, like in the video section, there should be playlists um, on the channel. And then one is run motivation. The run motivation are the ones that I'm talking and the run meditation are the ones that's just music. Cause I feel like those are two different kind of like energies sometimes. So one is like kind of like getting you riled up and the other one is to kind of like calm you down. <laughs> so depending on what mood you're in, you can get um, either of those. By the way, guys, I tweaked the audio settings today. I played around with them. So if it sounds terrible, let me know. Uh, and it says, hi, Kofuzi and everybody. Justin from Rome with Pip, and it's getting icy out there. Well, be careful. Um, yeah, don't want you slipping out there. It is not icy today because it's well above freezing here in Chicago. Um, but it has been cold the past couple of days. So it's that time of year where I have to start avoiding the water a lot more. And I basically have to treat all wet spots as if it's kind of like glare ice or black ice. So I am... Um, I, I understand what you're going through in this runtime. He says, let's go from Lake Lakes, Florida. Fit Not Life is here. Says, hello, everyone. And Runner Dre is here as well. Martha said, you just got a ton of snow there and it'll be treadmill for a while. Yeah, I've been really thinking about the treadmill a lot lately. I'm thinking that, you know, for the most part, I'm going to be getting in my long runs and maybe not my long runs, but like my runs in outside in the winter in the cold. But if I want to do some structured long runs or structured workouts, I might need to find some treadmills to get onto. So we'll see. Here's what I'm thinking. So my daughter and my kids just got their, their second vaccine shot uh, last Friday. So soon that means like we'll be able to, I mean, put them in some after school activities. Uh, I mean, we could do that now. They're available now, but we weren't comfortable with that. So we'll start doing that for like January. And then... One of the things my daughter, both my daughters want to do is rock climb. So we're going to get a membership to the rock climbing gym and they'll have classes and stuff. And so I'm thinking that rock climbing gym has really nice showers and also uh, like a workout area too, like weights. They've got treadmills. They've got uh, stair climbers, all sorts of stuff. So I'm thinking, well, maybe on rock climbing day, if I don't actually climb myself, maybe I will at the weights. I don't really like that. I like the idea of hitting the treadmill a little bit better, but given the amount of time that I'll have, which is not a lot, um, 
I'll have maybe an hour because they'll have two sequential classes. I can kind of let my older daughter like do her homework and stuff and leave her relatively unattended at the gym. And then, but the baby probably needs a little bit more of my attention. So when my older daughter's climbing or when my younger daughter's climbing, I can have my older daughter do homework and maybe I can either hit the weights or do some treadmill. I'm thinking about it. Maybe. All right. Uh, Tommy runs. What's going on, man? He says, so I'm just going to catch all these from now. Well, I highly recommend it. I just feel like you turn it on just like you would the radio, leave it on in the background. Um, but unlike the radio, you know, if you hear something, you can just hop in and, um, you know, participate. So it's like no pressure, um, either way, but we're happy to have you here, Tommy. All right. Uh, Eric's got his first 50 K this weekend. Super pumped. Let's get some audience noise in there. There we go. All right, Eric. I uh, hope you have a good 50 K and, um, you're going to have to let us know how it goes uh, on Monday. And as long as you finish, as long as you don't DNF, as long as you cross that finish line, uh, you will have that PR. So come back on Monday for that uh, cowbell. Can't wait to hear how it goes. All right. Alan's here. What's going on? Alan says, good morning. Congrats, Co. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Very excited about um, the, the result at CIM. And, uh, you know, I don't think that I have to make a ton of changes going forward. I'm very happy with where things are going. I just need to kind of keep getting after it, uh, get a little bit stronger, you know, cycle by cycle. And then, you know, we'll get there or we won't either way is fine. But, you know, I feel like I'm very happy with the way my running is going right now. I'm enjoying my running very, very much. So all things are like, I'm in a good spot. It's a great way for me to end the year. Sufian Bear says, talk about the turbo. Look at this bear avatar that he's got. Fierce. Um, but the turbo, I don't know much about the turbo other than like leaked images that I've seen on Twitter. So like this is all with a very small grain of salt. But from what I saw on Twitter, it looks like it's going to be Zoomax. Someone else mentioned that it's going to be recycled Zoomax, kind of like the, the Alpha Fly Nature or that whatever that latest Alpha Fly is, the extra expensive one. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I would prefer it's just regular Zoomax. But it's supposed to be Zoomax with a... And people have said different things, but I thought the image I said, saw said it was going to be an SRO2 carrier on the outside. Um, and SRO2 is the same foam that's in the Vomero 16, if I'm remembering it correctly. And the foam that's in the Vomero 16 feels suspiciously identical to Kushlon, which used to be the carrier for the Zoom Air Pockets in the um, Pegasus. So I think basically um, it'll be the most Pegasus-y of the Pegasus turbos. If it comes out that way, it looks like it's going to have a knit upper as well, which I'm super excited about. And by the way, today I just saw on the local news of all places that um, Nike is suing Adidas right now for 49 patent violations for 49 of their models that are using a knit material that Nike is alleging that Adidas infringed on their patent. Now, I mean, I don't know. When I think about knit, I think about prime knit. I don't think about fly knit. I think that Adidas knit is like the first, I don't know if they were the first, but they were the first that I experienced. I mean, I don't know. Like I wasn't really paying that much attention to running shoes when we're talking about ultra boost 1.0 and like the lunar epic fly knit or whatever came. I don't know if there was any fly knit shoe that came before that, but um, I don't know. It goes back. It goes back a ways. Um, but I've always preferred the Adidas knit to the Nike knit. So 
it'll be interesting how that goes. But I think the new the new turbo is supposed to have, if we're getting a new turbo, I don't know. Could be just rumors. Um, but that's you know, that's what that is. I'm feeling if that comes out, it's not gonna come out till like July anyway. So, you know, that's way too far away for me to really get excited about it right now. Um, all right, Ron Andre says, I think it was around this time last year when I joined this community. Thank you. Thankful for you all. We're, we're thankful that you are here, Ron Andre. And uh, happy, I guess, anniversary to you. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Um, all right. Martha is in the middle of listening to the podcast that Tommy had with Monica from Rabbit. Very cool. You know, it's the thing. Like, if you look at Tommy's podcast list, you go back and you're like, oh, my goodness, he's interviewed everybody. This is a really uh, stellar list of interviews that he has there. So if you're not listening to Tommy Runs on uh, your favorite podcast listener, uh, I would go and check it out for sure. All right. Stevie76 is here saying, yo, what's going on? And Ray letting us know that tomorrow's Nine Miler is going to be in the Novelast 2. A great choice. So today, someone had commented and asked a question. Uh, and I'm going to scroll down uh, all the way at the bottom uh, just to make sure audio is sounding okay. Um, and okay, doesn't look like anyone's complaining about the audio today. Um, so um, what was I just talking about? I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, Nova Blast 2. Ray was talking about Nova Blast 2. So today someone commented on my Nova Blast 2 video, which is pretty old at this point. But, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about some of these shoe reviews is like, you can make the video a long time ago and people will still find it later on whenever they do their search. Uh, and they were like, well, what's like the Nova Blast 2 in the Puma lineup? And I was like, uh, there isn't one. But I think what they were asking for is like, what's the daily trainer really? You know, so I was like, I don't think that they're the same, but I think it's the Liberate Nitro. Um, I haven't tried the Liberate Nitro. I went right to the Deviate Nitro because that one was going to be all Nitro Foam plus a plate rather than the Liberate being a Nitro Foam and an EVA and a plate. Now, I don't remember if I saw the Liberate 2 at TRE, but I thought I remember hearing about it that the Liberate 2 was going to be all nitro foam next year i'm not don't quote me on that one but if it is if it does go all nitro foam next year i'll be very i'd be much more interested to try it um because i think i just i just really like nitro foams i think all right cr says happy friday thanks for the review that you did with the craft clothing got a pair of the ladies lumen padded tight for half price i'm looking forward to trying them out yeah, I mean, craft. I I just I think craft is the leader in terms of winter running apparel, and I think it's because they have such a heritage in the cycling and in the cross country skiing world. So they understand movement, they understand heat, uh, and they understand like an endurance athlete's legs. <laughs> so I think they know how to make clothes that fit and, and that work really, really well. I mean, my craft craft clothes that I've had, I've put them through some of the worst conditions for several years and they all still work really, really well. So except for the mittens, the mittens don't last me very long, but the rest of the, the clothes, really nice. I'm a big fan. Hope you enjoy CR. All right. I scroll down towards the bottom. If you guys have any other like specific running questions and I just skipped over it, um, put it in there again. I really, I really sorry about that, but I'll try to make sure I catch it. Uh, Tracy says, how did, uh, no, not that Tracy says, hi, I'll late to the party here. Um, good to see you, Tracy. Um, and uh, Thomas Villa says, how did the podcast go? The podcast went really well. We had a good time. We, I was there for a long time. I was there over two hours. Um, I met with Scott Coomer. He is uh, an attorney 
a race director and a podcaster. I think he's, I think he's the owner of a podcast network. If you want to get technical, um, he's the host of 10 junk miles and they have many kind of like types of shows, uh, which is not uncommon for like podcasts to have like different types of episodes. Um, and so I think I was, um, it was just me and Scott for this one. He also has ones there where there's like a larger group of people and an interviewee. Um, so it's kind of like a bunch of runners showed up to a bar kind of thing. Um, and it gets a little bit rowdy, but this one was just me and Scott and we were just talking and chatting and, uh, it was, it was really cool. It was a really good conversation, very much deeper into kind of like how I all my life kind of before running. So a lot more because, because he's in the legal space. So I felt like I could talk to him a little bit more about the law stuff. So, you know, if you guys are interested in what I used to do, you know, that'll be definitely a good one to listen to. And, um, you know, I don't think I've been interviewed in person before trying to think. So that was really nice. Um, you know, I went to his house. Uh, he's got a nice little recording studio. His microphone setup was really, really, really nice. Um, and it was very comfortable and he was a very gracious host and just a great person to talk to. I'm sure that you'll see him on the live stream here some point. And, uh, you know, he was telling me about some of the ultra adventures that he and his friends go on. And I'm like, that sounds really fun. I really like that. So he's trying to draw me further into the ultra space. Uh, and I'm like, all, right, all I need is a guide. So yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. So, you know, I think, I think we'll be hanging out much more in the future. So it was, it was a really good experience. I really wasn't sure, you know, like how the day was going to go. Um, but, uh, you know, it went, it went really, really well. So a fantastic experience. Thank you for asking. Uh, Joseph D says, hi, Mike, do you think I should run my easy run strictly on heart rate or on how I feel? I conversational pace. My problem is even at conversational pace, my heart rate spikes to threshold zone. All right. So for this, Joseph, the first thing I would say is make sure that you have an accurate heart rate. So for me, um, the wrist-based heart rate never works. I think it's kind of like I'm bony or whatever or skinny arms. I'm not sure what it is, but um, a wrist-based heart rate might work for me for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then after that, it just spikes and nothing I do can make it fix, fix itself. It just gets crazy. Um, and so I use either a chest strap or an armband heart rate monitor to make sure I'm getting an accurate reading. Um, and then once you do that, I would say that if your heart rate, if you're certain that it's accurate and your spike heart rate is spiking to a threshold zone, I think that's your body's way of telling you that like, look, you may think that you're having a conversation here, but like we're working hard. We're working hard in here. And um, that may be impeding your body's ability to recover from your quality sessions. So like there is two ways to look at easy runs. One is that it's a benefit in and of itself. It gets that aerobic system really good at just working for a long time. Just your, your body is ability to kind of produce so it can do stuff, right? So that's what the easy run helps you work on. The second thing is that the easy run helps it so that way you can still do that kind of building while also helping you recover from your hard workouts. So that way on your quality sessions, the two, sometimes maybe three times a week where you're really getting after it, like if you're training specifically for a race, those days can be uh, as good as they can be. Right. And it's not so that way you can just so you can like look good and have fast paces, but that way you're making sure that the workouts are doing what they're intended to do. And you're obtaining the intended benefit of those workouts, right? So you want to make sure that you're hitting the paces. And then when you get to workout day, if all the paces are too easy, 
ratchet up. And then for the next time out there, then you increase the you know degree of difficulty a little bit and make it harder. So that's ultimately what you want to be seeing um, from your easy runs is that it just stays really easy and you can feel like you could do it forever. And then for your hard runs, you know, that way you can really get after it. Um, oh yeah, velocity nitro. Right, you're right. Velocity nitro. I always confuse the liberate and the velocity. Now I have to go check to make sure I wrote the right one. Because I did definitely, when I did the image search, I did the, the Google search of it, the image that popped up was the right one. Now I don't remember which one I said. I might have told you guys velocity and then wrote liberate because I have the liberates. They're very thin. They're not a daily trainer. You're right. I got to go. Now I got to go. Yeah, Nifty Ninja is also saying the same thing. I definitely got to go double check because I think I wrote the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, Midlife Runner says, is a Rebel version 2 a sketcher shoe with New Balance foam? Mine feels cheap and starting to tear it less than 100 miles. I don't know. It's been a while since I ran a Skechers shoe, so I'm not sure. Um, but I think that's the last one I ran in. I think the Speed Elite was the last Skechers shoe that I ran in. I didn't run in it very long, but I didn't really get the sense that there was any uh, quality issues with mine. And so um, the Go Run Ride 8 is the last one of those that I ran in. And that shoe I felt like could last forever. Um, so I don't know. Um, the Rebel 2 starting to tear it less than 100 miles. That doesn't seem great. And that's something that I might check in with customer service at New Balance if it's a substantial tear. Um, or even it's a tear that, you know, is worth doing something about, um, I would check to see with them cause they might be able to replace that for you. Cause that doesn't sound right. You know, and I, I haven't really heard that before coming from the rebel. So that's, that'd be unusual for me. So that may be something where they're like, yeah, you got a bad one. So I would check that out. All right. Oh, Anthony's here. What's going on, Anthony? He says, I have the liberate and it seems all nitro. Yes, that, yeah, you're right. I mean, I misspoke guys for sure. One piece midsole says nitro on the suede. Yeah. Man, that one, I was thinking about it today because I ran in the Rebel 2 today and um, like midlife, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, my, like midlife runner did. And um, I was thinking like, yeah, this shoe is not a daily trainer, the Rebel 2. And I'm like, it does remind me a lot of the um, Liberate. I feel like the Liberate, the Rebel 2, and um, the Atreyu uh, base model version 2 all feel very similar to me. I mean, there's slight differences in terms of like the way the foams respond, but um, they feel pretty similar to me, all three of those. Mm, Manuel Sarmiento says, any tips for the Houston Marathon? I would say um, there's one really big hill, uh, really, really big hill. It's just before the halfway point, you go over a big bridge and then you go down the bridge and then you have to do a, a switchback. It's really, really annoying. Take it easy there. And then I would say, you know, just main, maintain pace, uh, pace discipline, because it's very easy to get excited at that race. I spent the entire race kind of like running away from people and I ended up paying for it at the end. I also dressed a little bit too warm. So if you're not from that area, um, you know, whatever the temperatures say on the day, you know, I think it was like 50 degrees or 45 degrees on the day when I, when I ran it, um, I was like, Ooh, 50 degrees. That's still going to feel kind of cold. It feels a little bit warmer relatively. It's like, it's a warm 50, if that makes any kind of sense. So, yeah. So those are the things that I would, I would recommend. Mm. <laughs> and it says, who's the guy with the short hair presenting the live stream today? Yeah. I got the haircut yesterday. 
Um, yeah, I'm still getting used to it. Uh, I think the baby likes it. Uh, my daughter is like, mm, I liked it before. I think uh, my wife is startled by it. It's taking her a little bit of time to kind of get used to it. C-Town fan says, good marathon video. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Nari says, hey, Mike, how long in a minute should I be aiming to run for my longer runs? Is there a sweet spot? Um, I think that it depends on what you're training for and kind of what your experience level is. If you're looking to train for like a half marathon or a marathon, um, I think for longer runs, maybe not your longest run of the of like getting ready for a race, but some of your longer runs, I think an hour and a half to two hours is a really good amount of time because then like even at an easy pace, hour and a half to two hours, your body is going to start to to feel a little bit. And so that'll put like a good, you know, the kind of strain that you want on your body in terms of getting it to respond after that run. So I think there's, that's a good amount of time and that hour and a half to two hours also gets your body used to being on its feet for, for two hours. I think once you're on your feet for a lot longer than two hours, then kind of like the increased benefit versus the increased risk starts to like that, that math starts to get a little bit, you know, more dangerous. So that's um, something that people have to start looking out for. So I know like for a lot of people, their longest runs, you know, they might do like a three and a half hour or four hour run. And I think that's really taxing on the body. I, I do those too, um, but uh, I, I don't do it very frequently. So I like to keep even my longest runs kind of in the two and a half hour to two hour, 40 minute range. Um, but like, like two hours and 15 for me is like a really nice, for me, a sweet spot um, for a long run that I feel like is going to be rigorous, but something I can recover from pretty quickly and still do like the workouts for the next week. Run Tommy says at TRE, which particular shoe or shoe company was the most surprising? Um, surprises. I would say, you know, I'm really interested to see what ultra is doing with the vanish C and the vanish T. And I'm also interested to see what they're going to be doing with the three different foot shapes. So like, there's just a lot of like, Oh, you guys are chaining up a lot of things. So I think that is going to be really interesting to see what they do. The other one I just watched and I didn't re realize it at the time. Cause I didn't spend a lot of time at the Solomon booth. Cause every time I go to the Solomon booth, I'm like, I don't belong here. Uh, I, I don't know. It doesn't, this place, this brand doesn't usually kind of like fit for, for my needs, but then watching, uh, believe in the run Solomon video today, you know, it seems like they are making shoes of a kind that I might like now. Um, and I feel like, you know, one way to put it is I felt like their trail shoes and road shoes had a very European fit and a very European feel in terms of like the foot strike and like the, the foam dynamics. Um, it was just a little bit firm for me and the fit was a little bit boxy. Um, but it seems like they, I don't know if they're just making these for the American kind of uh, audience or if there's something that's going to be part of their global trends that they're trying to address. But it seems like the road shoes are going to be softened up a little bit. And I think that the fit's going to change a little bit too. So I'm, I didn't review any Solomon shoes this year, but I'll definitely review a Solomon shoe, at least one Solomon shoe next year. So those are some that are, are like surprising to me. All right. JJ says just went on the first run since the booster four days after and still felt short of breath. I guess I'm just one of the unlucky ones. Yeah. I mean, I took it as two days off 
and then two days easy. And then I kind of like, you know, wherever I was, I started like the next week or after, I don't remember where, what day exactly it fell in. But then I think I, you know, went into like the next week of running. I think it was just more easy days. So I don't think that's that unusual, but hopefully it'll resolve itself really, really soon. JJ. Thanks for getting boosted though. Uh, C-Town fans says, do you like running with running groups? Not, not, not usually. I enjoy it when I, like, after I've done it, I do it. I, I do enjoy it. And I'm always like, oh, I should do that more. But, um, like, a lot of times when I'm like, do I want to try and find a run group this week? I'm like, no, I don't have time for that. Because then it's probably going to be at night after work. And then, you know, then I got to figure out, well, I usually make dinner. And so then my wife has to do it. So, like, you know, the, I mean, it gets uh you know there's a lot of really convenient excuses for me to not do them and i usually take advantage of that that's kind of what it is um yeah you know emily just i didn't see the video yet but i just saw her post about it she um, made a video about how she went to a run club even though she normally doesn't do that uh, and now she really enjoyed it so i'm looking forward to checking out that video because i'm like hmm I know that they're fun and I know lots of people really love them and I know I enjoy them. I just am not in a run group. Um, and you know, I kind of just like to get out and run whenever I can fit it into my schedule. So it's one of those things I wish I had more time to do. 10 roots says hundred K sub soon, hundred K ultra. I mean, that's the idea. I think that, you know, at the current rate, it'll probably happen around April or May. Um, and I think I'll be running a marathon in May. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else I have on the calendar. So what's in the calendar? Oh yeah. May and June, there are potentially marathons on the calendar. So I don't know if they'll, I was, I'm on the, I'm on the wait list for black Canyon. So that'd be a hundred K out in, uh, just outside about an hour outside of Phoenix, maybe a little bit more than outside of Phoenix. So I was thinking I'll do that one and that would be like the hundred K celebration, but then it'd be a little early. So then I don't know, maybe I tried, I mean, I don't really want to try and find a 100K to do in June. Because if I did, it would likely be either very hot or very hilly. Not that Black Canyon isn't hilly, but I don't want to run up like a mountain. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. But we'll we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something. Um, all right. Bailing on Ma says, oh, that says bailing on Ma. It's Bailong Ma says, I'm going to run the Gulfport Marathon this weekend. It's ultra flat. Welcome to join us. I recommend Kofuzi to join the next year. Thanks. Where's Gulfport? Where is that? I mean, I, I really can't be running a marathon this weekend, um, but I do like a good flat marathon. But I, you know what? I've having run CIM, I think that like the hilliness of that race, some rollers is not bad for me. So. But also, you know what? Maybe that means that the next time I get on a flat course, I'll be even better. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But um, I was just listening to the Drop podcast today and that to this episode, that or that episode, not this episode here, but that episode of the Drop was sponsored by New Orleans Marathon. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They got races to drop some cash. So that's good. Uh, and they said it was a really flat race as well. I mean, I guess it'd be a below sea level race, right? All right, we got a super chat come in. Awesome. Thanks, Alan, for the super chat. He goes, I don't get the live chat much, but I always listen after and get so much from the Q&A approach. Well, thanks so much, Alan. I'm glad that you're listening. I'm glad you're enjoying it afterwards. I do think that there's a decent number of people that do watch it that way, and I always appreciate that. 
Um, and I also love the people that are, I mean, that are here. I was having that conversation with Scott Coomer yesterday when he was interviewing me and he's like, you know, I've always thought about doing a live stream, but I'm like, what do you talk about the entire time? I'm like, you know, in the beginning, there weren't that many people and it was really hard because then it's like, I've read every single thing that everyone has typed. And now what, now, do we, now what do we talk about? But like now there's a lot of people here and there's usually plenty at this point, you know, there's more for me to respond to than, than I can really get to. Um, so, um, you know, it's really nice now because now like there's side conversations that are happening, there's main conversations that are happening. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of yourself talking, but I'm still talking to everyone, you know? And so I was like, Scott, Scott is someone that could definitely do one. And I think that his, the people that listen to his podcast and that go to his races would definitely, you know, sit down and participate in a live chat or listen to it afterwards. I think they would really like it. I'm trying to convince them. Mm. Yeah, Jeff Allen says, I prefer not to run in the dark. So probably no running groups for him for a few months. Yeah, yeah, I have I have a feeling that a lot of the run groups kind of like shut down a little bit in the wintertime because it's just because it's cold to run at night too. So you got the sun setting, the ice and snow that melted all day. Now it's getting colder and it's night. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of pluses for group runs, I guess. I've been I've been really lucky because now I've been running like at nine o'clock after I drop off the kids and get back home. So it's like it's kind of like one of the warmest parts of the day. So I've been definitely enjoying that. Thomasville says, do you have a guilty pleasure shoe you love to run in, but it's a bit embarrassing? I have a bright pair of magenta underarmors that I love. I don't think so. Um, you know, one, I mean, I think the closest thing that I have to that is the, um, the on cloud stratus. I actually kind of like it. It's a little bit firm for me, and I do think I still think I still persist that the clouds are a gimmick, and I think they can make a much better shoe if they moved on from the cloud. But that aside, um, I, I mean, I know like on has like a weird reputation in the running space, but like I do kind of like that one, and sometimes I find myself like, oh, I don't want that shoe to be in the in the in the footage today, so sometimes I don't wear it. Yeah, I know I shouldn't let that get in the way, but um, it's actually a pretty good shoe to run some easy miles in. So I've been liking that one more than I like to admit, I would say. Um, but other than that, guilty pleasure shoes. Um, I mean, I I like the Primex, which I don't know. I think some people think that's a super weird shoe, but I really like that shoe a lot. Um and I was, I've been spending a lot of time thinking lately, you know, since the race, I'm like, what if I ran CIM in the Primex? And what if I broke three hours in the Primex? How would I feel about that? Because it's technically an illegal shoe, but it's like, it's illegal in the sense that it's not eligible for setting a world record. But also like in some races, you know, the rules are you have to comply with world athletics rules. So like that one event uh, where the runner, the Adidas runner, uh, athlete, you know, won in the Primax and then was DQ'd because the shoes didn't follow world athletics rules. So I'm not sure how I feel about, 
you know, people racing in it next year. I think there's going to be many shoes that are above 40 millimeter stack height. So there'll be a lot of, you know, quote unquote, illegal shoes out there. And it'll be interesting to see how many people are racing in them. But that's a shoe that I, Primax is also another shoe that I really like. Steve76 says, inspired by your old run commute videos to attempt his first run commute, bought a Nathan's run light backpack. It's 17 miles one way to the office and taking an Uber back. There you go. Okay, I was like, if you're going to put in 34 miles a day, Stevie, that that's a lot of running. That's a lot of run commute. But a 17-mile run commute, that's a big one. That would be a good one for a Friday, though, I think. You know, you could be like, it's the last day of the week. You know, maybe you're not meeting any, don't have to be like client-facing that day or not, you know, running any meetings maybe. Then like, you know, you take the 17 miles in and then uh, you can try to hide in your office all day. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a long run commute. Awesome. You have to let us know how that one goes. Mm. All right. Mm. Leona says about the rollers and like hilly courses. I do like some rollers and the use of different muscles. I yeah. I think that's what it is for me too. And then you know something that I started doing running the hills in Iowa. That sounds like something that's doesn't make sense but there are some hills where i was running in iowa in iowa i was averaging about maybe 800 or 900 feet per 10 miles which is not a lot but it's not flat right so that i would consider rollers and um so like when i was doing that um i would really make sure i would use all the hills as recovery basically so you're still moving you're still putting out power um but like as far as the pace slows down, you know, I got a pretty good sense of like what different paces feel like at different hills and, you know, to maintain a constant effort, at least from my power meter, it seems, it feels like recovery. So it's kind of like you're getting a, a minute to like catch your breath, even on the uphill. So I tried to look at uphills as, oh, this is the time I catch my breath. So that's kind of what I did on during the race. And I feel like that works for me. And so I don't hate hills. And so, and I've also been thinking about like, if I do run a race like Black Canyon or any other like trail race, that's got a lot of elevation. I do enjoy that a lot of people power hike up hills in ultra races. And I'm like, yeah, if it's going to be, I'm going to be out there for 14 hours or something like that. Yeah. I'm not running up any hills <laughs> yeah. and then gives different muscles a chance to relax, different muscles, a chance to do something and participate. So I think it's, yeah. We'll see. Steve Sex 76 says though Kofuzi likes his marathon flat. I do, or or very much downhill. Either way. I've been looking at some of the Revel races because people have been mentioning, you know, like because people are like, what's your PR? I'm like, it's 302, but from or it's, it's 301, high 301, basically 302, but from a very downhill race. And they're like, we mean like a revel race. And I was like, uh, what? After a while, people said it to me enough that I was like, I gotta look it up. And these revel races are are really downhill um they're like one of them that i looked at today it was like four thousand feet of downhill and i'm like what that's twice as much as at tunnel light at the end of the tunnel marathon and i thought light and then the tunnel marathon had a really great like a perfect amount of downhill but i guess like the last maybe 5k are pretty flat so or five five miles are pretty flat but um yeah so i've been looking at some of those really downhill marathons and i think those would be fun i was talking to mrs space cadet um at tre i ran into her on the show floor and i talked to her coach and her coach is trying to break three and 
um, she was telling me that she's doing a revel race in like February or something like that. So, yeah. So that's when I was just like, all right, now I got to look these up and I got to figure out what these are. All right. Similarly, Hersey says that that race, the what was it the golf something is in Mississippi. All right. There we go. I don't think I've ever been to Mississippi. Hmm. I think a race would be a good reason to go. Uh, Jesus M says, what are you going to do when you get to, when you get a hundred thousand subscribers? I'm going to try to run a hundred K race, try to find one that I can run. in. Mm. Remy says, what do I talk about the whole time? Uh, small YouTuber problems, AKA my problems. LOL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like I, some people have a hard time when I try to explain to them what the live stream is and they're like, what do you talk about? I'm like, I don't know, whatever we feel like talking about. And they're like, do you prepare a lot? I'm like, no, I actually do zero prep for the live streams other than making sure I have something to eat on Monday mukbang. Sometimes I have to do, you know, I have to get some trivia questions ready if we're playing a game, you know, and then on Thursday it's happy hour. But like, other than that, I don't do any prep. So they're like, well, how do you, it doesn't make sense to people. I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, do you prepare when you're going to go hang out with your friends or you're meeting up for coffee or something? You don't. You just go and you'll figure out something to talk about. So it's, yeah. It, it, it gets hard, though, when there's not enough people participating. Mm -hmm. All right. Midlife Brennan says, Chicago bound for October 9th. Awesome. He's going to add two weeks into the training block for the group run. Awesome. Uh, any chance you throw in some strides at the end just to keep the turnover up? Um, hmm, that's an interesting idea. Um, we end usually at Millennium Park, and that's not a very good place for a bunch of people to do strides. So that's one thing. Um, but let me think about that. Let me think about that. Because if a lot of people want to do that, maybe that's something we can do as well. Hmm, let me think. Let me think about that midlife runner. I'll, I'll try and see if I can figure that in somehow. But there are spaces. I mean, that Millennium Park, there are a couple of green spaces in the area. Sometimes they're fenced off, but sometimes they're not. So you can get in there and you're really close to the lakefront. And we'll be running along the lakefront the entire time. So I guess if you wanted to um, do some strides as we're going, you know, maybe get ahead of the group a little bit and then wait for the group to catch up and then do some more strides. And maybe I'll tell people like this would be a good place for strides if you guys want to do it. Uh, maybe I'll point that out to people. Mm. let's see c town fan says do you pay much attention to the air quality index i do feel i get more congested during the winter months maybe due to more smoke in the air i don't i don't i don't think that's something that a lot of midwesterners really do unless you have seasonal allergies then like those kinds of things i don't know if the aqi is what people who have seasonal allergies look at but that could be something but i don't really look at it um I get more congested during the winter months because I, you know, um, I'm kind of like, sometimes I'm like about to catch a cold or the air is too dry for me. Air dryness is usually what may give me congestion or if I'm feeling a little bit run down. So I do get some congestion during the winter months. Lee Parson says, Hey, co CIM video was great. Thank you. I personally find it easier to increase effort on the uphills and use the downhills to recover. Interesting that you prefer the other way around. 
Yeah, I feel like the amount of effort that I put into going uphill can easily set me way over what I'm comfortable spending energy-wise in a race. And so um, I would rather use the downhills to catch up to people than I would want to use the uphills to get in front of people. So that's kind of how I, I see it. Cause then like my, my goal is I think of it like, do you remember, are you old enough? I don't, I can't tell from your photo, Lee, but if you're old enough to remember the game, excite bike, excite bike was an old Nintendo dirt bike racing game. There was two buttons B and a, I don't remember which one was, which one was like a lower gear and you can run right at that lower gear all day and your engine wouldn't overheat, but it wasn't that fast. Then the other button, you can go a lot faster, but then if you hit that button too long, you would overheat, right? And so it was a game of like feathering between A, B, A, B to get the fastest speeds possible. And I feel like a marathon racing is a lot like that. You know, a lot of times you're trying to get to that, stay right underneath your threshold levels so that you're not like dipping into your glycogen stores too early in the race because once you like hit it you know then kind of like you know you've uh, broken the seal and then all of a sudden your glycogen stores start to deplete it's i know i know that's physiologically not exactly how it works but that's visually like mentally how i like to think about it and so other people like ones that triathletes seem to use a lot is like it's a book of matches and you only get so many matches and once you use them all the matchbook's done and you can't light any more fire. So that's another way to look at it. So I, that's what the main reason why I want to make sure to take it easier on the Hills is so that way I'm, you know, not overheating the engine too soon. Mm, Nathan F says any tips on a good tempo day shoe? Uh, yeah. So I like shoes like the Hyperion tempo, uh, right now the audio six, I think is a, a relatively new choice to me. I just reviewed it recently. Um, that I've been liking, I would like for that. Normally, I would recommend the Boston, but the Boston 10 this year is not my favorite shoe. I, I, I'm directing people more towards the Audio 6. Um, the Endorphin Speed is probably one of the best in that category um, of shoe. Uh, I really like that one quite a bit. Uh, the Rincon 3 is another really good one that I would look at. I'm trying to think what else. The Rebel 2 is another good one that I would look at as well. So lots of, there's really a lot of good tempo day shoes, but I worry about that category because of the fact that, you know, for me, a lot of times now, and I think I'm unique because I have a lot of carbon plated shoes that I'm trying to just kind of get through to put more miles in to, for testing purposes. And so a lot of times for tempo day, I'll reach for a carbon plated shoe where I think most people probably still have a room in their rotation for a tempo day shoe. But for me, a lot of times it's like, daily trainer carbon plated shoe. And then on the other side, there's a max cushion shoe for recovery day. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down to three categories in terms of what I'm using. And even then with the way that max cushion shoes are changing, it's really kind of like two categories, like an easy day shoe that could be super cushioned or just regularly cushioned and then a carbon plated shoe. So that's, I know that's a bit unusual for compared to most people. Hmm. All right. Danny says our group runs start at 4.30 a.m. and 5 a.m. on Fridays. Luckily, the climate allows for it. That's early. That is early for a group run because you got to get like to the group run too. That's the thing. And then you got to get back home after the group run. So that's see, that's like the other thing. It's not as like time. It adds time to it. And I know I need to 
think about my human interactions as, you know, it's usually going to be worth the time you spend on him. But some part of me is still very like, mm, it's a lot of work. But I'm glad that you guys are getting up early and getting after it. Uh, Tri Boy Tri says similar. Uh, in Austin, the run groups meet mainly in the mornings. Well, that makes more sense too for Texas because if you were going to meet in the afternoons in the summer, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Uh, Ahmad Galawinji says, is there a good running shoe for around 50 US dollars? I would say look at Adidas and Reebok. They're probably going to have some deals on their shoes that would get you to the $50 price point. So like the float ride energy starts at about a hundred bucks. So I don't know how much it gets discounted to, but that's one that I would look at. I just saw versions of the latest float ride energy in Austin. That'll be coming out next year. Um, not too many crazy changes to it. So like the ones that are, are still available this year might be on sale and even last year still might be available. So that that's where you're going to get your deals. And then from Adidas, I would look at the SL20. That's a shoe that I think is always, there's generally a sale on them at some point. That shoe starts at, I think, 120. I can usually see it for like 80 bucks. Sometimes it gets even cheaper than that. Also, a lot of times those same shoes will end up at like your kind of like um, your uh, discount stores like TJ Maxx and Marshalls, if you have any of those near you. And then you can really get them for, for really, really cheap. So those would be two that I would look at. Mm, all right. Let's see. We've got JJ says, I'd also consider on shoes more if they got rid of the clouds because of my tropophobia. Is that like a fear of holes? Is that what tropophobia is? I don't know. But um, yeah, I like I feel like they they took on Federer as a co-owner, I think, and they made a Federer. They had no holes in it it didn't have clouds and i'm like okay this is it this is it they're gonna start making some tennis shoes people are gonna love them and they're gonna be like hey we should just make a running version of this tennis shoe and then they'll be like aha we didn't need the clouds at all so i mean if solomon is gonna make a softer shoe this year i think that's gonna feel very not solomon like but if they're gonna do that then i think on should consider like maybe one one non-cloud model make it a daily trainer, just kind of put it out there. I think that they could go an eco route with it. So that way people aren't like, oh, this is the beginning of a big transition. Put it out as a test shoe. I thought they were, I thought they were doing an eco version anyway. No, that was Solomon. Solomon did an eco shoe. But um, on should do like something that's made out of like recycled materials and say like, you know, we're playing around with these materials. That's why there's no clouds or speed board. And let me know what you think, guys. And I think they should do that. And that could be their test. And I think that's going to be the best shoe that on makes. <laughs> I think, I mean, I've only tried a handful of on shoes, but that's my, that's my take on it. The other thing I was having a conversation with someone at, at TRE and I was like, I kind of wish that um, on shoes and on apparel would separate as companies. I love the on apparel. I want all of it. It looks so good. Uh, there's a dark camo, like outfit that they have. It looks amazing. Um, their rain gear, their like cold weather gear looks just so stunning. I want it all, but it's just like, I don't like the shoes though. I do like the cloud stratus, but like, you know, I think there's a, a lot of baggage that comes with on right now in the runner space. 
So that's kind of like my big, yeah. That's what I would do if I were on, split those two things up. But maybe they don't want to. Maybe they're using the apparel to draw people in to the shoes, but I don't know. I would I would buy more of it if it was a separate brand. Linda L says, GTN are all about on. It's like the only shoe I see them wear. I think uh, it's because on one of the owners or founders was a, was a pro triathlete or something like that. I think so. That's why like they've invested heavily into the triathlon space and are trying to attract like the triathlon runner um, and on. And I think that like from like a brand standards perspective, like there's a lot of things that line up really well in terms of like the demographic of what I think about like a triathlete. And like when I think about like what on is selling, I feel like there's a lot of like ways where it, it, it really fits very well. I think that being said, I don't think they make like a, like they don't make like a noose to try, you know, they don't make uh, the sh kind of shoes that like slip on real easy for triathletes to, to hop off the bike and then jump into. So like, I think that maybe that's something they could think about maybe in a cloudless variant, you know, that's, that's something, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that GTN, I think that on, I think GTN, is um a chan one of the channels that will take a lot not take but um they operate on a sponsorship model so like a lot of those on isn't a lot of stuff because on is a channel sponsor i don't i that's what i i that's what it looks like to me i haven't i have no actual knowledge but that's what it looks like to me i do i do like gtm though it's a good channel pj says starting to think about the next race probably going to go in the oakland half Got to work on speed a bit, though. Maybe I should have had a track that's easy to get to. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing a lot from people saying that they were, had a real hard time over the last kind of two years getting to tracks. And a lot of it's because of, you know, like shutdowns and um, closing things off. But I also feel like a lot of people have been using it, a lot of like basically schools, because schools tend to own tracks. A lot of schools have been using things as an excuse to not leave the things that are supposed to be open to the public open to the public. Um, and so that I think is unfortunate that a lot of people are of the opinion that like things aren't, you know, available to them. And now a lot of people don't live near track. I, I live near track that's open to public and I'm very lucky. Um, but I remember in Dubuque when we were there in Iowa, you know, the local public high school, um, you know, they, well, when I was there, I was always very welcome on the track. No one, no one ever tried to kick me off the track. Even when there was a, like a running camp one day and they still let me run around the track. So no one ever tried to kick me off. But, um, you know, one time I did go and I feel like someone was like, a lot of the gates were locked. And I was like, is the track not open to the public today? And he goes, normally it's not. I'm like, but is today one of those days where it is? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, how can I get into the track then, please? And then he told me where it was. So I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, I had a picture in my phone already of a sign that says like, this track is open to the public. Here are the rules that the public must adhere to, you know? So like, if we needed to get to that point, I would have been like, but this picture that I have here says this, oh, the sign is over there, in fact. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of tracks are, I feel like trying to stay closed, even though they technically can be open. 
So I think that's just unfortunate. So hopefully, PJ, you can find a track to get to. X-Truth is here, caught another live stream. Good to see you. Good to see you again. John Soa says, what's the point of racing in an illegal shoe? Um, they're comfortable to run in. You enjoy running in them. They are um, easy. It's easier on the body. It's quicker to recover from. So like th those would be the points of running in an illegal shoe. So what makes them illegal is that they're too tall. Um, we we're talking about the Primex and like, I'm thinking about like the SC trainer that's coming from New Balance next year. Those are both like 50 millimeter stack height shoes. Um, and like the Primex I think has too many layers of carbon fiber, um, for it to be legal as well. And so I don't think that's the case for the SC trainer, but so there's lots of different ways that it can be illegal, but shoes are very comfortable to run in for very long distances and, you know, you don't feel wrecked the next day. So that's, that's why you would do it in an illegal shoe. Um, and you know, the illegality of it is, I mean, is it more or less illegal than it would be to have uh, a family member hand you a water bottle from the side of the course? So let's say like you want to make sure you have Martin, but you're a normal person. And so you say, Hey, my family, you're going to be spectating anyway. Can you hand me this Martin bottle when I see you guys on the course? Um, that's getting aid from an outside source. Also illegal. Also would disqualify you from probably winning any races and also from uh, setting any world records, just like having a too tall stack height shoe. Are those of the same caliber of rule infractions? Probably not, but you know, that's also illegal too. But you know, people do that all the time. So, so that's, uh, I mean, just something to think about in terms of why you would do it because it's, it makes the experience more convenient, I guess. All right. Sorry, I am uh, really far behind on the chat today. But uh, I got to get going soon. I'll do one more. This one from Vincent. Are you going to do a 100-mile review on the Vimero 16? As soon as I get to 100 miles on them. I think, I've been, I ran into them yesterday. I think that I'm at like 40 miles in them. So like, you know, I have a lot of shoes that I'm at like 40 miles in. And so I'm either going to just like hit one shoe at a time and then run in the same shoe for like two weeks and then get through each one. Or I'll continue to like sprinkle miles around. That's what I've been doing. I've been sprinkling miles around the 880, the Rincon 3, the Bondi X, the Flow Velocity Wind, Rebel 2, um, you know, and the Vomero 16 is another one of those. So like I just got a lot that have about the same amount of mileage in. I just got to figure out, you know, in the next couple of months, um, you know, how I'm going to divvy up those miles. So we'll get there eventually, but probably not like right right away. All right, guys, I think that's a good place to leave it for today. Tomorrow's video, I think, is going to be about some new Janji clothes that I've been wearing, but we'll have to see. Um, but we'll have a video either tomorrow or Sunday, one of the two. Uh, I also am going to be doing a video on the Beats Fit Pro coming up, but I'm having some weird issues with it that I'm pretty sure are not dealing, not the fault of the Beats Fit Pro. So I got to kind of sort that all out before I can make a video on it. So that's coming as well in the next couple of days. So we'll see some videos over the weekend. I'm not exactly sure what they are. I won't see you guys live again until Monday. So have a good weekend out there, everybody. If you're racing this weekend, good luck. Come back on Monday. Let us know if we can ring that PR bell for you. And uh, whatever you guys do, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.